Hello there, you're on with No More Tiny Voices, the podcast run by healthcare workers for healthcare workers. Tonight I am speaking to someone who knows only too well how COVID has hit this country and has hit the NHS. Being a nurse herself, she was one of the, within the first wave of healthcare workers that were hit by COVID at work. And it's been somewhat of a journey to this point and I will let her explain all that herself. So tonight we are going to speak to Brenda Eady, who is also one of my fellow campaigners on the Grassroots Campaign NHS Workers United for Scotland. It was previously NHS Workers for Fair Pay. You know, if Prince can do it, so can we. But yes... Brenda's going to have a chat with us tonight. So, I guess, let's get into it. I'm okay. So, Brenda, what we'll start off is just for a bit of background, how long have you worked as a nurse? Um, since 1994. Um, started as an exit we're in 1994, so 27, 28 years. And where all of you worked? Uh, started in the Gartneyville Royal. Um, I worked in a nursing home up in Park Circus. I worked in a nursing home up at Stob Hill. Uh, I worked in a nursing home up at um, in the north side um, before I went to do my general training. So, Brenda, why is it that you chose to join the NHS Fair Pay campaign in the first place? Um, <clears throat> nursing for so long I've seen so many changes throughout the years the grading's changed you know everything's changed rules have changed medicine changed um, and not always for the better either um, and come 2020 when the pandemic hit the NHS was already an ultimate low and even I was getting fed up in my job getting taken on more and more uh, tasks, taking on more and more specialised tasks um, and getting worse treated for it. The more you gave, the the worse the worse you were getting get, getting treated because of short-staffed, because, because of everything that was already going on in the NHS. When the pandemic hit, let's just say the crap hit the fan and um, everybody was, you know... We watched, we were thrown in at the deep end. Nobody knew what was happening with all these sick patients. We weren't protected, but we all still went to work, no even knowing what the heck we were getting into every day. 
or what how the hell to treat people or what to do for people, do you know? And and then the back of that, everybody else, public sector workers, everybody else who was out doing the bit, all get rewarded for their efforts during the pandemic. NHS workers were told, no, you use them to get in anything because you are already sitting in the back of a crap deal that was done years a, a few years prior. You can just suck that up and keep that deal. Um, and that was that, get back out to work. The public needs you. So, yeah, um, decided to join a fight for my NHS and my fellow colleagues. And obviously I'm aware that um, you yourself caught COVID during the, the pandemic and the early stages of the pandemic. How's that kind of been for you? Early stages, um, I, I caught it in March 2020, um, before the first lockdown. Um, it was a bit scary getting into the hospital when I was taken into the hospital for my breathing. Um, there was tarpaulin up where there was. It, it, it was a bit like being in a war zone, the way to explain it. Watching my colleagues running about, panicking. People didn't know what to do. Folk were just getting rushed in through the door on the gurneys and rushed into the land corridors. And you didn't know where the heck you were going in a hospital that you actually knew. Um, then there the was the testing. wasn't actually really up to scratch at that point either. Um so um, I actually get sent home when my breathing um, had rectified and I had a, just a saline nebulizer at home. I don't know, I lost about four weeks in my life. Um, all I can go is in the stories that my daughter was saying that I was just wandering about the house during the day and no really sleeping at night and just in, in a complete daze, really unwell. If I wasn't sleeping, I was wandering about the flares, no knowing what I was doing. Um then obviously I had underlying issues at asthma, so that was all exacerbated, and I then had to shield until August twenty twenty. But I felt I needed that time to recuperate for that for, for the COVID. Because it's taken a it's taken a lot of time, you know, for people to get back to work, isn't it? Afterwards, because it's really hitting people hard, and and I think especially nurses like yourself because we were so naive if you like in the beginning the that um I we didn't really know what way things were going to go and, and well, you, we just went to work and got on with it and we didn't question the PPE or anything like that which maybe we should have in hindsight but we didn't um we get the bird flu and all that and I suppose yeah. that was in the back of everybody in HS workers heads you know we've already come through a pandemic little did we know it was going to be this huge so, how has having long COVID impacted on your life? Now, eh, absolutely horrifically. Um, August 2020, I managed to go back to my work, eh, back at front facing. And um, I was only there four or five weeks. To one day, it was like a switch. And I felt lost. I felt confused. It was like the brain fog just descended. Um, I couldn't cope with anything and I would just burst into tears if anybody asked me to go and do a task because I really struggled to comprehend what I was supposed to do. So that was me back off work again with quite quite bad brain fog until January 2021 
when complete fear had set in and I had secluded myself into my house and I was um, just working Trace and Protect a good long while until I could get back, was ready to face, come back out doing front face and work again. Um, however, um, the last three months I've been back on the sick again because I have since developed this stutter that you can all hear, which is only maybe a fortnight old. Um, in the last month and a half, I've developed um, a really bad iron deficiency. Um, I've developed an underactive thyroid. Um, now my calcium and everything is all affected. So there's lots of different medications happening. I'm having memory tests. I'm having to get referred to memory clinics. I've get lost on a bus. Um, twice in the city centre because my brain feels like it's rewired. So I only see things like they're supposed to be. Like if a bus is rerouted and going along the street the opposite way it should, I would panic and I would be lost and confused and my brain wouldn't be able to accept that change. It's the only way um, to ex explain that. Um, the short-term memory is shocking. So I don't mean to completely depress you, but what does obviously that mean for your nursing? So I done a memory test um, just yesterday, in actual fact, and as much as I passed the the test, it was really difficult because as all nurses and workers will know, when you do the mini mental test, you have to either count backwards or spell a word backwards. And my brain now can't see that backwards or count that backwards. And when I was subtracting seven, I only get the first few right and then I get them wrong. How the hell can I medicate a patient without killing them? So I don't really see unless they find some sort of cure or, or way forward for it. Or be able to tell us if it's ever going to end. Are we going to get better? Then I don't feel I'm going to be a very safe nurse for the future. And I know obviously that's frustrates the life out of you, which I think it would any of us. And um, I think sometimes the the general public doesn't realise how we, how nurses and other healthcare workers have all been affected by it. Everybody, it's COVID, um, and it, it's a terrible thing to say. But when you look at people like yourself and, and you think, well, do you know what? In a sense, you're the kind of lucky ones because you, you've made it through. But then, on the other hand, you know, it seems like every week or every couple of weeks they're finding something, some new kind of complication, which is absolute crap. Um, but you, what, you're going to say something? Well, sorry? they're saying that um, there's been a 90% increase in people reporting now that has got long COVID um, and a disorder called FND, which is Functional Neurological Disorder. Um, so I think that's something that hopefully they'll be looking into in, in depth because that's, that's a huge percentage arise um, for that in people. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully we'll get a diagnosis. But the way I'm looking at it is, well, the guinea pigs, it's a new disorder. Nobody knows where it's going to go. Nobody knows where it's going to end. We could live to the age of 90. 
we could live another five years. Nobody knows. Um, so just need to keep our fingers uh, crossed. And I think as well that another thing that people should remember is that obviously people like yourselves did just go into work. We just, everybody went and done what they were meant to do. Nobody ran from it. We were the ones running towards it. Yeah. And we never thought twice about it because that was our job. And I know I get angry at the time when people were saying attitudes of, well, that's what you signed up for. And I was like, well, we didn't really sign up for a pandemic. No, no. We, we signed up for our job, but that's what we were doing. We were going and we were doing our jobs. And it's just, I think it's terrible now that what's happening is the government's just trying to sweep it all under the carpet mm-hmm. instead of actually saying, well, this is something that we should address because they should be doing it. It should be them that's, that's pushing for the the funding for the the actual research into it to see, you know, get the programmes up and running and things like that. And as you say, hopefully for either thing, let you know what way it's going to progress or at least even better find a, a cure for it. Yeah, um, I completely agree. The government, um, it's it's like they've sent us in, they call us front, frontline workers, um, Frontline suggests that you have got support behind you. We had nobody behind us and we were in the front line with no guns, so to speak, i.e. no PPE, no protection. When you go into the front line, you have a gun and you've got people standing at your back. The government say they're there supporting us. No, they were there on their doorsteps clapping for us and the safety of their own home. That is not out supporting us in the back of the front line. We were left to it. We were left to die. Basically, um, to be blunt, we were left to die with no protection. So I could actually argue that the government put the NHS workers into this position without the proper PPE at the start. They put us into the front line. Uh, Now there's thousands of us sick, traumatised or broken beyond repair. Uh, and what a kick in the teeth that they're getting is now when they've been partying through it and we've been suffering through it and still suffering nearly two years later and they're now getting a £2,200 rise while NHS workers, again, are taking another pay cut. Aye, partying and a pay rise. That's just typical selfish politicians. I don't know how they got away with it, but then that in itself is another bloody podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Well, I'll say thank you very much, Brenda, for getting to do this. Um, it, it's, good, it's good to let people know what all's going on and what, what people are going through because not everybody knows somebody that's got long, long COVID, although, as you say, the numbers are going up and therefore more and more people will come forward. Um, as I say, the government just needs a kick up the backside to, to get something put in place to try and find out about it. But, um, yes, I'd just like to say thank you very much. You're welcome. I'd like to thank Brenda once again for coming and sharing her story with us all. And that's all for this week, other than to say, give you a wee preview, if you like, of next time. And all I can say about it is, have you ever wondered what it would be like to eavesdrop? On a nurse's tea room. We're going to give you kind of wee touch of an opportunity to see what that's like. Basically, we're going to get the rest of the gang on 
and set the worlds to right. I hope you can join us for some fun, giggles and laughter. Hopefully see you then. This has been the podcast, No More Tiny Voices. Thank you for listening. No more tiny voices. Let them hear our roar. Thank you.